Hey friends, this is Carla Allen joining you four days after our kidney transplant surgery uh, with our guest Tammy that was on our previous podcast. But that is not what this podcast is about, but trust me, there will be a follow-up podcast soon. But today's podcast is all about comparison is the thief of joy. And this is a conversation I had with my dear friend, Carrie Ferris, who has Chatterbox Radio podcast. And she gave me permission to share this on here because I think it's such a topic that is so important and that every woman should be having with themselves or with a friend also. So I'm inviting you to join a real vulnerable discussion between myself, Carrie, and our good friend, April Larson, who is a top industry esthetician and just amazing woman in every way. And she's been a friend of Carrie and I for several years now. But we broke down things like, am I enough? Um, do you struggle with aging and being relevant? Do you feel like you're just a throwaway as you age, like you don't matter anymore? I can tell you that I've had those feelings. Uh, other things we talked about are, do you compare yourself to your peers and feel pressure to keep up with society's standards? When is it enough is the question. How much plastic surgery or physical alteration is okay? And by whose stand, who standards do we go by? So we open up about our own personal choices we've made, the mistakes we've made, and oh, so much wisdom that we've gained through the years and our experiences. So I'm inviting you to join this discussion and let's help be the change on how women see themselves because you are enough. I hope you enjoy this Botox Fillers Boobs. When is it enough? Hi, friends. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. Welcome back, April Larson and Carla Allen. I hey. have I have had them both on my podcast separately, and today we've come together, and the topic is so perfect, and it happened with just a conversation with April and I. But before we get into that, I would love for Carla to introduce yourself and your background, and same with April. Um, because we've recorded before, but we just let it roll. And I'm sure people are like, who is, what, what does she do? How do I find her? I want to yeah. make sure people know who you are and how to find you. I'm Carla and uh, let's see, I'm 58 years old. Um, and I say that boldly and proudly. Um, all thanks to Carrie, who told me one day to make sure that I proclaim my age with just excitement and um so I do, but let's see, I'm a wife of almost 25 years, a mom to two adult kids. I have a, a daughter-in-law and I'm a, gosh, health, nutrition, nerd, geek, just do all the things. I love, love, love learning and researching and digging deep. Um, I mean, I, I'm a health coach, but the main thing is I just love coming alongside women and helping them and encouraging them and empowering them um, just to be their own advocates and to um, thrive whatever season of life you're in. That's that's what I say is whatever se season it is, enjoy it and thrive in it. And yeah, that's kind of my heart and my passion. 
Amen, sister. I hear mm. you. What about you, April? 58. I know. That's, I, it's a that, lie. That's hard She's for lying. me to believe. Oh, I love y'all. I know. <laughs> but, well, when I first met her, I was like, there's yeah. no way. No, I was staring I at the back of her legs like we're not supposed to, right? <laughs> right. And I'm just so like. We all do it. Are those hamstrings <laughs> real? Yeah. Did we totally check out other women? Heck yeah. Yeah. I told we Michael always that, do. I told Michael that the other day. I go, you do realize that when I walk into a restaurant, I'm not looking at men. Like I'm seeing where I line up <laughs> no. with the other women. And I'm being honest. You told I do. That? I did. Because I was like, you don't need to worry about that. I'm like, I'm just seeing where I line up here with everybody. <laughs> I love that. Are I you usually on the, that. on the top there? I told you I'm being super vulnerable today. I'm going to tell yeah. you all my dirty secrets. And that's one of them. But yeah. I don't think I'm the only one. Right. Like I, 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 I think that that's something that, um, we all do in different demographics of age groups and yeah, we'll get into that, but no, yeah, I, I, you do, because when you're, you, you are confronted with somebody as beautiful as Carla and who's as fit as Carla, your natural instinct is to say, oh, where am I next to that? Now the, I think the key is, do you use it to fire up your like okay, that's, that's encouraging or, or, or inspiring, or do you use it to intimidate or to be jealous or to, it does it, you know, does it create the, the, the bad parts of uh, yourself? Right. And that's, I think that's something we each have to ask ourselves because for both of you, you guys inspire me. You just, you just, you just drive it harder in me, you know? (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about your background and that means a lot, what you're saying and what you do. So, um, yep, I'm, I'm 45 this, uh, this last April, I am a mom of four, almost four fully grown adult kids, which are like, what, how's that even possible? Mm -hmm. And married 20 years, uh, been a full-time stay-at-home mom for, you know, 20 years, but, um, decided that I wanted to get into the beauty industry, mostly to help with just giving myself something to, to do and feel outside of what I, raising kids and being a mom, something else that could f- help me financially or just make me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm adding to society in some way. So that was, geez. Well, I feel like it's one of your gifts though, because when I met you years ago, you were going to school for that. Yeah. And you would pour into these women yeah, and make them feel good about themselves. And you were good at what you did. And I remember you kind of had a, I did, is I there a, a line Jesus. here yeah. of, am I taking it too far? Mm-hmm. What's too far kind of thing? Yeah, probably about, uh, let's see. Yeah. Eight, nine years ago, I, I sat with the Lord and just felt so uh, heavy on my heart. Am I? am I in an industry that is so uh, corrupt and just in just vanity, self-focused, this Hellenistic myopic type mindset. And I'm, 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 (laughs) I'm involved in it and I'm encouraging it. And uh, what I heard from him was so powerful. And, and it was basically that what other opportunity could you have to get so close and intimate with another person, put your hands on them, love on them mm-hmm. and pray over them. And I just remember walking away from that and being changed in my mindset of 
my approach, that it wasn't just going to be about beauty or skincare or, but it was going to be about the person. And, and I think that's why I have returning clients because I honestly think it's more than just a facial. I think that they're coming for therapy and they're coming to just release something. And you, you both know the power of, of, of hate, of touch. And Mm -hmm. when we become intimate like that with other people, there's power behind that. And so I don't take it for granted. And I try to be really careful with what uh, I'm infusing into people or the energy that they're putting back in me or I'm putting in them, that kind of thing. So yeah, it definitely changed. It changed for me at that point. And And then I felt good about it. And so I... I, I love it. Like Carla, I love pouring into women. I love encouraging them. I love helping them to see how beautiful they are and how much they have to offer. And, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a passion of mine too. And I know it's a passion of yours too, Carrie, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So where do you think the eight, nine years have brought, like, where do you, where are you at today with all of it? What are your thoughts? Like, how are you feeling about the beauty industry and you and Carla? And also I thought, I bet some women were wondering about Carla's surgery and being like, oh my God, you're going to have a scar. Oh my God, <laughs> you're going to have a scar. How are yeah. you, you going to deal with that scar? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, really? Have you yeah. thought about that? Oh, I could care I less. I mean, who cares? Right. I'm so, who cares? I'm so beyond that at 58 years old, I could care less about a scar that it will be my battle scar. It'll be what I can tell people the story about if, if they see it, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. um, but yeah, I, that is like the least of my concerns. So and Carla, sorry, Carrie, oh, I, real quick. I want to ask you a question about that. So when you said at 58, I could care, I could care less. So when did that shift happen for you or, or has it always been that way? Have you always felt I could care less? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish I'd always felt that. Yeah, no, when is that even happen for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know even as you were talking in the intro and talking about sizing people up when you go in a restaurant wherever it may it may be, and you use me as an example. I'm like I am the one over there. I mean, especially as you start getting to this age. And you do go places and so many people are younger and beautiful and not a wrinkle and, and all the things. And then there you are, um, the one that is obviously a little more well-aged um, and it's hard. I mean, it takes a conscious effort in talking to myself and praying just, Lord, let me be confident in how I look, who I am. And I mean, it's a constant, it's never something that just uh, flows super simple. It's something I I have to work on. And uh, because forever I was the least confident person in the room, no matter, I mean, people are surprised when I tell them that from back in, you know, my younger days, twenties or whatnot, I, I was, I came across confident, but inside there was zero confidence. It was, it was all beating myself up. And so now at 58, a a little scar at my belly button, I mean, it'll get lost in a wrinkle or something. So yeah, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I just, um, that part I let, I just let go of. Right. Because that's not the big picture, but sometimes we get focused, not you because you've made the decision, but others like, how could I do that to my body? You know, or how could I do that? That's such a sacrifice what you're doing. And I'm so, I so admire you for that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Thank you. And if if your listeners don't know what we're talking about, they're like, what? What is what? What she did? She get a tummy tuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> you want to tell them now while they're there? That would be amazing if they just you know tucked up a little t- bit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah just briefly because I don't want it to be about that. But yes, I am donating a kidney, and they go in laparoscopically through my belly button, so it will will not even in be seven days. Major. You're doing yeah. this in seven days. Yes, June seventh. And all the things that you've had to, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, all yeah, the things right. that you've had to go through to prepare for that. It's amazing. Yep. And I'm ready. And Carla has a podcast and she j- is just starting her podcast and your age is not your cage, Carla yes. Allen. And yes. the tagline is your age is not your cage. And she just interviewed her friend, Tammy. And so you've got to check that out. She's going to yeah. get that rolling pretty soon. So yeah. that's cool. So Carla, what's the, what's the, the, the idea behind, uh, age is not your cage. Is it, is it more about the fitness part of that? Is it about the beauty part? Is it a combination? Is it a mindset? Is it all the above? I think it's all encompassing, but I think the main thing is it, it is more mindset than anything because that's what holds everyone back. When, when you say your age is not your cage, that can mean, you know, someone that's 18 years old that limits themselves in maybe speaking out boldly about something because they feel like they're too young, their voice doesn't matter. So they let their age cage them in. And then the same as you get older, it's just like this mindset of getting into that, oh, I'm getting older. Yeah, this is supposed to hurt or um, you know, whatever it may be, it's, we, we just put this cage around ourselves and, and lock it in around a number. And just like 58 is a number. I don't, most days I do not feel 58. And it's weird because I have friends that are in their thirties. And when I'm with them, I feel like I'm their age. And then it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a light bulb goes off. No, you're not. You could be there mother close to grandmother. I don't know. Um, you know, so it is uh, to me, it's more mindset really has nothing to do with beauty or, or fitness. It all goes under the umbrella of that, but it's just, it's your mindset and what you do with that, um, at any age. Yeah. I thought it was uh, good. What you just mentioned about when you were 20 and how you struggled. And I, I know for me, I've often thought, uh, on my journey from teenage years to now 45, I, that it's always that it's, it's, um, I look back and I think I was struggling with other, with things. It's like there it's, I almost feel like it's this false sense of I, I, a goal that you're never going to get to like a thing that you're, and, and you realize then it is mindset. It's, it's, it's totally in my head because I was just as unhappy with some things in my twenties, you know, as I am now. And I'm thinking, well, that's so dumb. Like that was, you were in your twenties, you know, and, and then it does make you realize it's just the, 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 the way that you are viewing yourself or those, uh, yeah, I love the term cages, these prisons that we put ourselves in, uh, whether it be in the beauty industry or, or, or like you said, I love that you said the thing about, um, even what you're able to do, the being confident in, in that thing that's like, that, that you're being called to do is, uh, it's all about in your, your mind. And I think that's why scripture tells us that we're supposed to take our thoughts captive and renew our mind. There's so much 
that I don't think we even understand about our psyche and our what what we ourselves are able to do through thought. I remember years ago, uh, it was actually our friend Christy that recommended this woman. She's a brain uh, a brain scientist and she's a Christian. And her name is Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she does a, a really cool brain detox type thing. You could do a 30-day program. And anyhow, she was explaining what thoughts do in the brain, what they, what they literally look like in the brain. And it looks like a broccoli. And, she's, and she showed when a thought is given more than you know X amount of attention, it shows what it does in the brain and those roots of the thought grow deeper into our brains basically and then they stick in there and they you know she said so so one of the best ways is just immediately you know removing those thoughts or switching the thought to something else even if you don't believe in it because when you say it and you think on it you know continuously then it becomes truth to you and then that's, that's right. what takes root Mm -hmm. Well, and and also to that is our brain doesn't know the difference between the truth and the lies we're telling it. Mm -hmm. So if we're constantly speaking and pouring negativity, that's what it begins to believe. And it's the same, um, you know, when we're speaking life into ourselves and positive and constant confidence and um, same thing, um, you know, our brain will will do whatever we help it do. And that's, right. that's, that's been a big thing for me to understand. And also with age comes wisdom and you just start caring less about all those silly little things that just bogged you down twenties, thirties, even forties. I mean, you know, we keep mm-hmm. learning as we go. And that is one thing that, and that's why everybody says, Oh, I wouldn't go back and be 20 again, unless I know what I know now, you know, right. and right. I mean, so much wisdom has come with it where you just start going, I don't care. I don't care what they think about me. I don't care about this, that, and it's, man, it feels so good. So that's, it leads into a great question I have because, so I'm 45, you're 58, Carrie, you're 52. 51? I will be 52 in two weeks. Woo. I better write mm-hmm. that down. Gotta write yeah. that down. So it's kind of fun because we have 40s represented, 50s represented. Like it's it's cool. But what, one of the things I wanted to ask was, um, so I, I I feel like I'm and Carrie, this was something you and I sort of talked a little bit about. Um, I find myself, um, and here's the vulnerability part, like spending an, an insane amount of my day thinking about. And ta- obsessing about beauty, looks, diet, exercise, mm-hmm. and I, I want to always encourage myself to move away from it. But I also wonder. So part of it is because I'm losing it. Like I, 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 oh, I, yeah. I know I'm losing it because mm-hmm. I can see it every day. I wake up in the mirror, and so there's this weird place I'm in where I feel still like I'm supposed to be relevant, and I'm not supposed to be invisible yet. And there's there's, there's women my age who are getting mini facelifts and then they look like they're 35 and being in the industry that I'm in, I see it all around me mm-hmm. and I'm constantly, you know, like monitoring where I fall in that world. And so then that's these obsessive thoughts. And then it's the, how far do I go? You know, do I get the mini facelift? And I'll be mm-hmm. really honest with you guys. Like, again, this is, I'm just being super transparent. I've had surgery. I've, I've, 
breast implants. I've had liposuction. I've done lots of stuff to myself. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, it's never enough. It's never enough. Like I will mm. find, I find the next thing that bothers me. And then it's mm. like, okay, do I do that now? So A, I guess my question, there was supposed to be a question is, do you feel like it does start to become less important? Is that because of just wisdom and aging? Or do you think it's because of you changing your mindset and you mm. taking those thoughts captive and you convincing yourself or talking yourself down off that, you know, that building, so to speak? Well, first of all, I will just say what an amazing conversation, because how many women probably want to say what you're saying? You know, they want mm -hmm. to share about this and speak this out. And I absolutely love it because, again, it's places where so many of us have been. And, um, you know, in when so we're being vulnerable and honest. And I mean, I've done nothing to myself ever except a little facial scrub or, <laughs> or something. But because for me, and that is not a, ooh, look at me, toot my horn, you know, because sometimes when I say it, I feel like people are going, girl, you should go you do something about those lines and, you know, you should do this and do that. And it, it's not to toot my horn is to say, because I was one of those that was always afraid it wouldn't be enough and that I would want to keep doing more and more and more. And also one, could I afford to keep doing more as we got down the road, right. you know, because it yeah. does get so costly, but also it was also fear of, Oh my gosh, I will be the one that one eyebrow goes one way, the other goes the other way. You know, I'll, I'll be the one that the crazy things. <laughs> that That's I, why I'm not doing it. Yeah. I mean, the crazy things would happen to, and, and I also started getting into what if I went and did something like this, whether it be implants or lipo or tummy tuck, and I died on the table for mm -hmm. what? Yeah. And so that's where I went most of the time with mine. It wasn't for lack of not wanting to do it. Cause trust me, I mean, I'll stand in front of the mirror and, you know, pull things back and pull the neck back and do all the things and imagine what it would look like to be like that again. And then I find myself just going, let that go. It does not matter. Your, your wrinkles, your lines, they show you laugh a lot, you smile, but it still does not mean it's always easy when you look on in the mirror and you're putting on that makeup and it's not going on like it used to, and it's fallen in the creases and it's uh, whatever it may be. It, it is a constant reminding yourself and changing your mindset and loving who God made you to be as you're aging. And I'll say one more thing on it is that I've always wanted to try and reflect. And it's again, where the age is not your cage comes in. If I'm reflecting this of your age is not your cage and, and, and embrace aging, embrace your age, but yet I'm out doing all this surgery and doing all these things. What am I telling people? Embrace yeah. your age. However, go do all these things. And I want my daughter and young girls coming up behind me in such a time, this age where they're so pressed to do everything so early of knowing it's okay. You do not have to succumb to all that. You can just be you and do what feels right for you. And again, that's zero judgment against anyone else and what they decided to do, but mm -hmm. that's what was right for me. And it's, 
um, I feel like I'd be going against everything that I'm saying if I was out there, you know, doing that. Yeah. Well, I would be a hypocrite to say, you know, don't do it and you shouldn't do it because I have done my own things. I breastfed five children. Do the math on that. And I had that done for myself, for physically, for, to make myself feel better because things didn't fit right. I didn't like how I felt. And so I did that for me. There were other things like Botox or fillers that I've done in the past where I've said I've done it for me, but I'm not. I really am doing it to look like my friends and people think that I'm prettier or younger or whatever. And so I took a break from that. This is funny because last January, April and I were going to, or February, one of the two, I had got paid on one of my voice accounts because I was like, I can't do that. You know, now we're going to do video. I just want to do a little bit of here on these lines. I want to do a little, you know, right here. And um, it's no big deal. And I have the money. So, and I felt the Lord, like, I just felt like, don't do it. And I was like, well, who's that saying that? You know, is that my other alter ego, Tina? Hey, Tina, shut up. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this. I go and do this. April and I are going to record the very next day. And that's when I realized there is something called a fish hook. I don't know what this girl did to my face. And I didn't even know what she was doing. I didn't know how much. I just said a little. I had one eye find. The other eye looked like a hook. had gone into my forehead and pulled it up like this. <laughs> and then oh, this eyebrow. Here, like this. Oh. So it's taken since then. I'm like every night like. Come on. Wait, do you have to wait for that to go away? Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So that was fine. It's not like a filler that I think fillers you can dissolve. But Botox, you just got to wait. Ride it on out. Now, I don't know what they can do now, but (laughs) I was never going back there again. And I wasn't going to do that again. And I learned my lesson big time. And over the years, I feel like it's awareness. Number one is just being aware of your life and your thoughts. If you are aware for one second and go, what did I just think about? What What am I thinking about for five minutes? You're going to know what you're focusing on, whether it's working out or the way you look or your food or relationships or whatever. Because in the mornings, I was stuck. Every morning I'd wake up and think about money or the problems or my jobs like all the time. And it was obsessive. And then when I was like, what am I doing? And that sent me down a really, you know, dark path, being aware and then switching it and start saying all those things of everything's going to be okay. I'm safe in this moment. I can pay my bills. I can do this positive, positive, because exactly what you're just saying, it gets stuck in your subconscious and it believes it's truth. And then you start acting as that is truth when it's not. You keep telling yourself you're ugly. You're going to believe you're ugly and you're going to act out all these things because of that one thought, you know. But if we can stop the thought, like you said at the very beginning, take that thought captive and just deny it. Say, I'm not going to think that. And even if it's 
you have to say I'm pretty or I'm secure or I'm happy and you're not saying it and keep saying it, praying and all the things, but you're do it for yourself because it's going to change. It's going to switch. And so yeah. now when I wake up, I've noticed I don't, I'm not thinking about that anymore. And I was like, really, it really does work. That's awesome. We have to choose. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, um, I was talking to my sister-in-law about this uh, as well, a couple weeks ago, and she, she really believes that it's a generational curse for me. And she kind of went into why she thinks that, and she's, you know, known me for 20 something years now. So, um, but being raised in Southern California, and I'm not saying that this is, I know that there's countless other women that battle this and deal with it, but growing up in Southern California with a single mom who lived vicariously through me and my sister. She never was thin. She struggled with her weight her whole life. Uh, you know, she got me into modeling. She, there was, there was a, uh, she was very excited about having a cute little daughter that she could dress up and make look pretty. And I think that there was a, a message sent to me at some point and, and maybe through that and also through, uh, I didn't, I think growing up as a Jehovah's witness and then not, and being bullied in school, uh, there was a shift that happened around 14, 15 years old for me where I all of a sudden started becoming pretty like, and people were giving me attention for that. And mm -hmm. I was being liked for that. And mm -hmm. I was being, I was relevant now and I was important now. Yeah. and. I think that the fear, because it really is, a, it's comes back to, you know, we either are looking through a lens of love and freedom or fear. And I think that the fear behind it for me is uh, I'm not going to be relevant anymore and I'm not going to be liked or loved or accepted if I let this go or if this, mm -hmm. this is, you know, changes because it's something that I think I've identified with now has God told me over and over again, who, what my true identity is. Yes. I think it's a matter of how do I just really wrap myself in that? And then again, I mean, you both being in the fitness industry and the health industry, you know, you're like, okay, but I, I also need to make sure I'm just, I'm taking care of this body. Like I want to be, so that's where, you know, as writing down in the notes, like, where's the line? Because I can't seem to figure out the line between obsession and mm -hmm. constant worry and trying to hang on to this false identity and just health and well-being. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you would ask yourself, is this affecting my life in a negative way? Like, am I spending less time with my family? Am I not doing the things that I need to do? Am I, am I happy? Am I happy right now? Am I, you know, obsessing over, you know, this? You've got to self-assess. Awareness is so big. Mm. This is huge. You've got to have self-awareness and then know what the tools are to take the steps to get out of it. You know? That, but that's what I was going to say. Yeah, being aware. I mean, it, like step one is being aware. And, and, and then taking seeing. action. Yes, exactly. Because... Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that that awareness of where you're at. And then when those thoughts come in is when then you can take them captive and, and speak, you know, life and truth over yourself. Um, 
And, you know, it, it doesn't mean I did want to say too, it doesn't mean that we can't do things that make us feel good. I get my hair highlighted, you know, I have exactly. lashes, you know, all the things. It doesn't mean we can't do things that we love and that, that feel good. Um, but I right. think we always need to look at what is the motive and the purpose behind it. Um, yeah. There are and, some people that are just working to save money. You yeah. wouldn't even believe some of the stories I've heard about <laughs> women coming home and they get, I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but they go and they pulse money out, you know, at the grocery store and then they'll go over here and pulse money or they'll, and they'll make a box in their closet. Stop I have, it. I have clients that do that. Yeah. And wow. then I, I have women who will hide money from mm-hmm. their husbands so that they can come get facials and spend tons of money. Yeah. So and then, uh, yeah. And then the girl came <laughs> and the girl was home one day. The box flew off the shelf, just flew off the shelf. What box just flies off? Yeah. Flies it off was the pushed. Shelf. <laughs> it landed in front of her husband. <laughs> oh, man. And he was like, what was uh, that? What is this? And she, she told him. And of course he was, you know, pretty mad about it. But the yeah, lessons yeah. we learned that we will go to great ex- extremities to fulfill this need like mm-hmm. whether it's money or it's time or hiding it i hid it i hid it from my husband years and years ago and it's silly like what yeah that was gonna feed my ego to make me feel a little bit prettier so i can act hotter i mean he yeah. doesn't even know when he sees me so if i am i doing it for him I'm not doing it for him because he can't even tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. No, they don't care. <laughs> they they yeah. love us. And that's 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 what I'm talking about with the whole Yes. Loving. I think it's 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 more about it's not about getting the attention of men. I think it's more about staying relevant within the demographic of other women that are our ages or or what that's culture is saying you should stay on. I mean, for Pete's sake, Kim Kardashian is my, around my age. Yeah. I was like, and, and of course that message to me is you should look as good or as young as Kim Kardashian looks. Yeah. And it's like, is it ever going to be enough for her? Well, and, and that's have you seen point. what they can do with all the Photoshop? I mean, it, it's right, insane. Yeah, right. We think all these people look that way and, and yeah. they don't. And I love that you keep talking about being relevant because I think that's so much of it. And we want to be relevant to all those women around us. And, and as you get older, you are, it, it, it's like our society says you're not relevant. What you say anymore is not relevant. I think there is that thing of being invisible and how beautiful if we can step out and show that we are relevant, we're not invisible. And it's because we are confident that we have an awareness that we have Christ in us and we're not going to allow the world and the culture and what everybody's doing to form and shape who we are. And, you know, I think the more and more that we can do that, we can step out and we can be bold and say, we're not going to put up with everything. Um, I mean, we become more relevant, but really it, I, it doesn't matter if anyone else thinks we're relevant. It's, it matters what we, we're I seeking think. seeking other people's approval and not God's. Exactly. Which is, yeah. I mean, the whole world. And I want to touch on what y'all said 
um, about your husband's and um, because I think that's an important piece of it too, because if it weren't for my husband, I mean, he is the one that builds me up continually. He still thinks I am the hottest thing in the world. And he's known yeah. me since I was 21 years old. So he's, he's seen me, you know, walk through a lot and he is constantly building me up and talking about it. And when you listen to that enough and receive it enough where there was a time I, I might not mm-hmm. have so much, but at this age, um, it's even more, more so I hear it because I truly hear it from him and I see it and he, he doesn't see another woman in the world, but me. Mm-hmm. And so I want to see that, you know, I want to see that same thing. And I know not everybody is fortunate enough to have that in their lives, but it doesn't have to be someone else. It can be yourself. You can see yourself like that. Mm-hmm. And I tell myself, i not trying to be any somebody else. I want to be the best that I can be. Yeah. You know, and I know my eyelids are drooping every day that I get older and that's going to happen. But if I can just feel the best that day and it's all about your mindset. Yeah. You know, your mental yeah. health is so important. If your mental health is set right, all this other stuff is going to come right in the line. And when I say mental, I'm talking mental, spiritual, inside who you are, who God made you to truly be. You are not an accident. There's a reason why your feet are stuck on a ball floating in space right now. And it's not just to be here and sit. You have something and to look do. Good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and look at something yeah. to do. Yeah. But if but yeah. if we're dis- but if we're distracted and we're constantly comparing ourselves to the next girl right next to us or what they're doing and what I'm doing, how many hours have we done that? How many yeah. hours have we wasted? And I think at our age, what is also happening is we're realizing, oh, this this we do really have one life. This thing does not go on forever. What are you gonna do about it? Are you going to sit around and keep rushing and spending money and trying to look better for who? Or you're going to get out there and make a difference. And if it's, I'm not saying it, just pour into the people around you, your children, you're creating these humans, you know, and affecting their lives for the rest of their lives, which I wanted to tell you one quick story. We were talking about it before. In April, you had sent scripture and it was, I think, Ecclesiastes 3, 9. And then there was a Romans. What was the scripture? 11, 11, 21 through 23. Yeah. It was Ecclesiastes is is what it was. And right before that, the Lord reminded me of this story. One of my bosses at one of the big gyms, she uh, had just gotten married and she was a little, they had agreed that they wanted kids. And then she was like came to me in confidence and said, I don't know if I want to have kids. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's everyone's choice. Well, what's the holdup? And she's like, well, I thought I always wanted to have kids. And my husband wants like three kids. I mean, we wanted to have a family. I said, then what's wrong? And she said, I don't want to ruin my body. Mm. And I was like, okay, I get that. And she's like, how did you get over that? Because when we were having this conversation, uh, you know, a basketball team practically. And I said, because your body is going to be dust one day. Like you really have to wrap your mind around that this thing is not forever. And that's a sacrifice of love that you 
that is eternal. Like you, mm-hmm. that spirit that is coming to this world that you're bringing in is forever. And that is so much greater and satisfying than me having stretch marks on my stomach that are, isn't going to be there one day anyway, because I'm going to be dust. So I was yeah. like, you really need to sit with your awareness and your why. Why would you make that decision? Mm-hmm. You know, and then go from there. She has four kids right now, just so you know. Mm. Well, that. and I, I, you know, I think to that, Carrie, it is if you can, if you can look at it, that most of the wrinkles on this face are from my kids, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there's a couple in here from Sunny too, but, um, <laughs> but also if you can look at it, that yes, I never, I never lost that last little bit on my tummy because of my C sections, or yeah, mm-hmm. maybe my my chest isn't where it needs to be because that I fed my kids, and that is one thing that you know. Sonny has always reminded me of that. That is the beauty to him in any of it. And um, I just think if, if we can try and look at it that way and not from the lens of the world, but look at it through the lens of God who created us and, and created us for that. Um, and it's the mm-hmm. greatest gift ever, you know, in my life. And so I just try to remind myself of it again. There's times I'll catch myself in the mirror and go, Oh, wow. Okay. Well, those are a little bit South from yesterday, but (laughs) they make things to help that. (laughs) And I want to say like, it's not easy. It's not, it is dealing with that ego. I mean, if you haven't dealt with it yet, there'll be a day. Yeah. But also if you can laugh with it and here's me, you know, sharing and being vulnerable, but say you're, you're going somewhere and you're wearing that, you know, pretty tight, sexy fitting dress, but underneath girl, that thing, you've got the, you've got spanks, you got things holding up, pushing (laughs) up. And it's like, I love it when I do that. And then where, before I put the dress on, I show Sunny, I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, that's what you can think about all night. And it's. It's like everything. It's not what you want to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all the hidden secrets you got going on yeah, in there. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. What about you, April? You were well, going to. Such good stuff, by the way. Think, and you both are such huge powerhouse wisdom. I, and I knew that I was going to be super vulnerable. And I think that God wants me to be and wants me to be transparent. And so I have no, there's no. Uh, remorse or feelings of like, oh, I can't believe I just shared that, uh, because it's just it it is where it's it's where I'm at and it's what I've been struggling with and battling with and I think bringing it to the surface and sharing it with people that I trust and love so much and admire so much I think is a huge step and it's so important I think uh, otherwise you just live in that darkness alone or you live in that place alone or the struggle alone but uh, Carla you. Oh shoot! I just lost my train of thought. Is that what happens with age two? Yeah, it does. It's that's what? there too. What, you yeah. Just say? Huh? Uh, oh my god! But you know, it's like I, I said before, you. April. I can't hear you. <laughs> because you are sharing like that, and you are being vulnerable. I do believe that so many women want to have this conversation. They oh, want yes. to be real. They want to share how they wish they could get over that. And they wish they could give up this habit of spending money they don't have because they're trying to keep up or whatever. I believe full heartedly that women want to have these conversations. They're just afraid to. And we're in an mm-hmm. age of people don't want to be vulnerable and appear weak or whatever it may be. And it's like, Gosh, yeah. if you can just let it go and lay things out there, 
it just opens the door for you to keep doing it. And then it opens yeah. the door for other women to do it too. Yeah. It, it's I, like the I whole totally mental agree health with thing. That. You know, yeah. when people hide the mental health or the struggles that they have. That's why I came out and did all this because nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to say that they have a mental illness or how they dealt with it. It's the same thing. Like what we think about ourselves and then like what we do, that's so personal. And you don't know that every other girl out there is thinking the exact same thing. I don't mm -hmm. know anyone that doesn't have something that they're... Right bearing in there because if they said it, oh my gosh, well, you, not me, you know, and I admire you. And I, it was funny because after your trip and we talked, April it was like, you knew it. You were like, we need to talk about this. Yeah. And it'd been a topic that we've talked about, but you're so passionate to get the word out there. Yeah. And, and just and, open and it to discussion. Carla, for, for, so did I tell you, did we talk after I got back from the Caribbean? We took a 20 year anniversary trip with the, the kids and went to the Caribbean and mm -hmm. uh, it was awesome and amazing. And I told Carrie that, I mean, Carla, I have not kicked my own butt as hard as I did before that dang trip. As far as exercise goes, I was lifting every day. I was, I mean, you can ask Carrie, cause I was like, I was on like a seven day I mean, I just hardcore going at it because I wanted to be. I was like, so... is there a bikini contest on this cruise? <laughs> is there like a money prize? No, in fact, <laughs> is there, that's the only reason why I'd starve myself like that. Uh -huh. And and I, so I did, right? I did for months and months and months. Uh, Michael had broken his foot in September, and he was home, and and so. We had a, had a ton of downtime to be able to just let, I mean, let, let him be responsible for some things in the house. And, and then I just go to the gym every day, right? Just doing this every day. So what Carrie's referring to is we go and yes, I was feeling uber confident in my bikini and I was feeling uber confident, you know, on our excursions. And then I come home and then I look at the pictures and I mean, literally my first thought was, why did I even try? Because I look awful and I look mm. fat and I look, you know, and, and that is not who I thought that when I like, that's not what I thought I looked like. Like when, when, when my, you know, as I'm standing there, you know, thinking all these things and I, the second I thought it, I went, there's something wrong. This is not, this isn't, this isn't good. That, that, that was right. your first thought. It was after I thought about that, that I wasn't happy. It was mm. like. There is something so wrong that needs to be addressed with this because I, is there ever, I mean, cause that's the first time I thought, okay, I've done it all. I've done it all. I mean, with the exception of tummy tucks and, you know, extreme other things, I'm thinking if you are not satisfied and happy and can't see yourself as beautiful, or you can't see yourself as strong, which mm -hmm. I am, I'm so freaking strong. I could go outrun and outpace a 20 year old right now with how strong I am. And you could, you both could too. I don't give that weight. I don't give that, you know, I don't consider that as being amazing. Instead, I consider what my eyes see and, and the comparison next to a Kardashian or next to the, a celebrity and think it's not good enough because it doesn't look like that. I don't sit there and think, yeah, but look at how, how, you know, strong you are or look at all the things you've done or the babies you've made from this body. And there's, there's, there's a shift that needs to happen. Like you said, Carrie, in, in my own mind and in the mind of other women that we give more credibility and more, uh, uh, confidence to what our bodies have done and can do 
than what they physically look like. Cause sometimes those might not line up. That just may not line up. And so, you know, I, I think that it's just for me, I'm like, I'm ready to move past that. I'm ready to just give myself the freedom to say, it's good enough, girl. It's good enough. You've, I, I could start crying right now. And you've, you've, you've done, you've fought the fine fight. You've, you've worked so hard for this. Now, just, would you just appreciate all that it's done for you? Because there mm -hmm. are women and there are people who can't walk for Pete's sake and who, and, and I'm sitting here breast complaining. Breast cancer with no breasts. Right. Um, we could, the list goes on. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, um, and, and something else, I can't remember which of you said it, but uh, is the legacy and and what I want to be known for. And the, and the thing is, is that I, it's so, so ironic because when I look at, I mean, yes, I was already honest about my quick assessment of where I line up physically when I walk into a room or something with other women. But as far as my admiration and what I, what I find honorable and what I find ad, you know, just awe inspiring has nothing to do with physical appearance. And I right. can sit there and say that mm -hmm. confidently about my opinion of others, but why can't I say that to myself? Why can't I give myself that? Because, because it's like, that's what I just think is amazing is what I see in other women that are, is inspiring. And, and that's what I hold up. That's what I think of is incredible. The, and so there's a, there's a, um, there's a separation there for self. And I think a lot of us do this where we don't give ourselves the same credibility and, and honor and recognition that we give to everyone else. And mm -hmm. I think that's part of the lie of the enemy. I think it keeps us stuck. It keeps us distracted. It keeps us from being, you know, truly and fully who we are in Christ. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think like you guys said, the, the starting the conversation is where it needs to happen with women and then encouraging one another on tools of how we get unstuck and how do we start speaking those things we say over each other to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a key point too, is what are the tools? Cause we can, we can say all these kind of things forever and you, you know, what are the tools? And, you know, one of the things that I've told my coaching clients and different things is, you know, whatever it is for you, if it's putting sticky notes everywhere you go on your steering wheel, on your mirrors, on your refrigerator, wherever you go the most, whatever it is that continually reminds you, of who you are, whatever it is that you need to be reminded of. And, mm -hmm. you know, as you were talking, April, it just made me think about, I mean, think about people, women that you're around that just exude this beautiful peace about themselves. Mm -hmm. And you can tell it's not fake. You can tell it's real. You can tell that they are confident in themselves and they fully just love you for who you are and what you look like or whatever. And it's, I mean, when I'm around someone like that, I feel it. And it's just like, oh, you know, I want it's that. Because yeah. it's genuine. Yeah. It's genuine. Exactly. And it's such a beautiful thing. And mm -hmm. If you can make people feel like that, that's where your true beauty is. Yeah. It's yeah. right there and making people feel loved. And you can't unless you love yourself and accept yourself exactly the way that you are. Yeah. I always said that it, it, it every, every, everything starts with who we say we are. And I, and I, mm -hmm. again, like this is, I've, I've encouraged and mentored other women in similar things, which is so funny. Cause it's like, it's like the struggle of, 
you know, my own personal battle with the awareness of, I know, I know what God says and I know who he says I am and that, but the, but the battle still rages and it's Mm -hmm. like, so yeah, it's all, I think everything comes back to identity. Everything comes back to who do we say we are and who does Christ say we are and are we aligned with it? Do we walk in agreement with it? I think this just is so powerful. And the more that I've learned is um, just like with Miles and a mental illness, you know, when he was going through all that, all his stories that he would tell us that he thought that had happened were stories from movies that he left on at nighttime while he was sleeping, y'all. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's like subconscious. Detailed. Yeah. He was like, well, what about this and this and this that happened? I remember I was there and I was like, yeah, that was in that movie. He, wow. he was notorious about leaving his music on, his TV on, and all this is just discovery over experience and mm-hmm. and how those things are planted in your mind while you're sleeping. They're actually um, audio that you can get and play. It's positive talking and it speaks like ASMR and real soft in, in music. And it just speaks that. So while you're sleeping, you can hear it. You can do it with scripture or anything. It's about yeah. ask yourself, what are you watching on TV? What are you listening to in the music? Oh, I just like the beats. Yeah. But when they're, you know, saying some really terrible things, your subconscious is absorbing those words, whether you like the mm-hmm. music or not. So you've got yeah. to assess. And what are you looking at? Magazines, TikTok, Snapchat, yeah. all these kids. Compare, 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 compare. So my mission isn't to just help others through a podcast and have them become more self-aware. I want my children to know this and implement the tools that we've learned. Because if, like we always say, if I would have known then what I know now, and I I told them last night, I want you to get this now. You will be a bigger light. You will be more secure. You will know who you are. You will go on and be mighty in this world instead of just being what, what you're doing is you're just letting the enemy take over and and oppress you. And you're giving, you're choosing to give him the power. And I feel like at a young age to the self-awareness, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, for me, um, another great thing that people can do if it's their body, if it's their image, if it's, if it's that, that is so difficult to believe that you're, you're beautiful is stand in front of a mirror. You can be completely naked or put on a swimsuit or something and just completely tell yourself. I'm beautiful. You know, I'm God has created me this way. This is, uh, this is my stomach does this because God created that way, whatever it is, because with me having trauma and abuse in my past and my body being used in ways that shouldn't have been, you, you start to not, I mean, you don't believe then that it's beautiful and that, um, it's for, uh, even beautiful with your husband and whatever. And, once you start getting the enemy out of that and you start pouring that in and you continually, like I said, if it takes you standing in front of that mirror nonstop and repeating that, and I've done it and it's, I mean, it has helped me and it's helped me just ignore those little, you know, 
uh, flaws or the things that held me back. Uh, it's just another way to fight back. And it's another way to take thoughts captive. And also the thing that I've hung on to so deeply is we have to fight with spiritual weapons. And that's with the word and that's with, um, you know, all the things, shoes of peace, all the things that get us in a place. And it's fighting with those weapons, not the worldly weapons mm-hmm. uh, and just fighting back and letting uh, the enemy know that he has no place in your body, in your home, in your family, and that it is time for him to go. Mm-hmm. That's good. It, yeah. yeah. And and, and I was just going to piggyback off that really quick. The other day I did, I did um, something kind of similar is I stood in front of the mirror and I thanked God for every piece of me. Like I started from my head and I went down you know, thank you for, you know, this face you've given me and this beautiful hair. And, and, and I could tell, like, as I was going through that, and as I was, by the time I got to the end, I could feel a physical difference. I could feel a difference in just my, my countenance, my attitude. So, um, I think that's huge. Even if, and I'll tell my kids this in other ways is even if you don't believe it, there's a saying that says that goes right feelings follow right actions. So you may not feel it, mm-hmm. but, but it, it, it'll come when you, when you act upon what it is that you're trying to bring forth, you know, yeah. if, if it's confidence, like you said, Carla, if it's, if it's, um, you know, quenching the, uh, the lies, it's okay if it's not your, I, I hate this term today, but like, it's okay if it's currently not your truth. That's okay. <laughs> like we can still walk in what we want to be our truth, even if it's currently not the truth. And so, um, yeah, I thought that was so good. And, and then I also just wanted to comment too on the kids thing. I will say this, that, uh, whether good or bad, we'll see the outcome of this, but I have been a hundred percent honest with my girls and I've told them everything. I've told them what I've done. I've told them how it's made me feel. I've told them my regrets. I've told them why I've, um, and I think that's huge in the sense that I I don't ever want, first of all, I've always been very honest with my kids and I've, I've always been very communicative with my kids and, um, because I want them to see that I'm human. I'm imperfect. I've apologized profusely over and over to them for th- mistakes I've made, things I've done. I never want them to think that I'm superior or have some sort of, you know, demigod mentality over them that, that, that I just nothing, nothing wrong happens or I don't have emotion or whatever. Um, but what's been really great about it is that it's opened up the opportunity for my girls to see when you do go down this path, like here is what can most likely will come. And it's that it's never enough, at least in me. And, and, and I've shared truth. that with them. That's and truth I with everything. I think. Yeah. Exercise, dieting, food. I mean, I've got down to the weight that I wanted to five times after I had my kid. Was it enough? It's right. never going to make me happy. It's never going to no. be enough. Right. I yeah. get back in my jeans and that's when I was like, it doesn't matter. It no, doesn't. it's, it's the weird. obsession on that scale that I had for so many years. Yeah. And I would tell my clients, if you want to get depressed, go step on a scale every morning because your, your weight's going to be different every day. Anyways, every like day you need a you need a gauge. Let's try once a month or every two months. But yeah. I, I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a, 
Sorry, um, go ahead, Carl. Before we leave that, because I lost this thought a couple times, when you had brought up, like, I'm trying to remember what you said, but how do we not focus on that? How, how do we know when we're doing too much with fitness, nutrition, whatever it may be? And I think it's also when the shift begins to happen when we are doing it more for our literally our health. We want to do the best things for our health as we get older. We want to do the best things for our body. Say, say, uh, fitness training, whatever it may be, say lifting weights. I want to do that because I will strengthen my bones and my muscles. And if I fall, then I'm better protected in that, you know, and then nutrition wise, is this serving my body? Well, you know, are these things that are going to help me as I go along to, um, you know, potentially stay away from things like diabetes and um, whatever it may be. I think it's when we go more toward how can it help our long-term health versus how can I get the best biceps? And not that it's wrong to want, you know, nice shapely biceps. That's okay too. But when it becomes the focus and the obsession over just, you know, when I'm out walking, cause I mean, we all know I love to walk and it's, it's, I'll be out there going, Lord, thank you that I can walk, that someone else cannot walk today, um, that I am out here walking. Thank you for my health in that way. And I think if we can turn it to those kind of things too, the focus starts to come off of, um, you know, okay, so I do have a little roll around the middle or whatever. So, okay, that's all right. You know, mm-hmm. that's good. That's super good off of both those things. So something that Christy and I have been talking a lot about is, um, uh, I think it's, I think it comes from a Hebrew word, uh, a Hebrew translation of a word that I'm not going to remember, but it's, 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 it's translated as, as beast, a beast mentality and that we are not created to be beasts. And she and I have talked a lot about what that means. And one of the things I was listening to in a podcast was that, um, not knowing when to stop not like this, like cancer, like cancer doesn't know when to stop. And that the beast in us is this, um, sorry, my ear, that the beast in us, um, is that same thing. There's nothing that will satiate it. It just won't stop. And that, that when we stop and say, Oh, hold on, I am not a beast. I was not created as a beast. I was created as a image bearer of God. And, and I thought that it was just so powerful when we realized, because it like, like I keep saying, it's never enough. You're, you're, you're always chasing this thing. And that applies by the way, with everything, right? We can apply that mm-hmm. to finances. We could apply that to, you know, I mean, I, I've always been, uh, although I will say it hasn't, hasn't been a problem for me as of late, like probably the last several years, but even moving to Texas, like I, I remember just feeling so frustrated that I was not where all y'all were financially, that we didn't have the house, that we didn't have the acres, that we didn't have the things that, that, that I, um, thought would bring me happiness, that I thought would be the, the, the thing that would give me what I wanted. And I think that that is, um, that is that beast nature that we can either obey and listen to, but then we're going to constantly feel frustrated because once we get there, and I'm, I've heard this from um, so many different celebrities that have reached the top, and then they're like, the top is kind of lame. Like, like what's next? What, I, I need something more. I, I, that was why a Tom Brady 
went back into into playing because he had won all of it. And then he was like, and then it was done. And he's like, well, I don't want to be done. I, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I, I, I feel like that's such a powerful thing to recognize in us and realize that, but you know, it will never satiate if we can't find contentment, we'll never be able to reach that point. And I, and I think that that's what heaven is for. I think that is what we're, we're all longing and groaning and waiting, mm -hmm. but we we're trying to fill it and find it with these other things when really it's our eternal home. That is what we're all hungry for. Uh, and, and these temporal things just not gonna, they're not going to do it. And it comes down to comparison. Everything, as you mm -hmm. were talking, I just kept in my head, kept hearing that comparison is the thief of joy. I mean, it just mm -hmm. is. That seems so basic, but it is in every area. If we could just keep our eyes on Jesus and our focus and our lane and our family and what really, really matters. Because I will say, when you start getting to this age, and as I creep to 60, which seems so strange, and you start, like Carrie, you said earlier about, you know, your teens, 20s, even 30, you're not thinking I'm headed toward the end, even though you could die the next day in a car crash or whatever. Yeah. But when you start getting here, oh my gosh, the gratitude and the contentment and the not comparing as much become so much easier and so much more important because I just want to enjoy my family, my friends yeah. and the space the Lord has me in um, right. and let go of that comparison. Now, tomorrow I may be right back over here comparing, but that's okay. I'll start yeah. over and keep going. And that's what you have this. to do. What if the doctor told you, you had one week to live? Yeah. Would you spend that week obsessing about your wrinkle? Yeah, no. So good. You would be so spending good. the time with your kids. You'd be traveling. You'd be calling people. You'd be writing letters, all the things, because that's reality. Yeah. We are not going to live forever and you could die tomorrow. Yeah. And then when you are in heaven and you're doing your life review and you're talking about all the things you did, are you going to sit around and be like, damn, I just spent yeah. like 20 years I look at my face. I looked yeah. good. Look at me. <laughs> look at me. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. It's true. It's true. No, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll be yeah. pushing April in front of you in line. She, she needs to go first. <laughs> Let her talk first. She needs to do my facial. Get out of the yeah. way. She's going to do my facial. But and one then, of the things before we finish, I wanted to say was one of the things that helped me deal with my issues was being still, just being still. And, or, you know, if you, if that feels uncomfortable, then go to a therapist, like talk about it, bring this topic up, whatever the topic is for you, whatever the obsession is for you, bring it up, talk about it. Because when I'm laying there and I'm hung on something like what you said, April, about whatever it is, right? Say it's beauty for you. And you were talking about that. And this was my thing. And when I'm still, and I say, okay, I'm, this is mine and it's hard to give you because it's so hanging on me tight, this insecurity, this mm -hmm. obsession, this thought, why can't I stop? And I really go with my breath and I really just visualize my spirit going up and meeting with the Lord and sitting in a beautiful place and drowning out everything else. And I say, here, why? And when this happened, this, this happens, you know, I've done it several times, but this one particular time he brought up a memory in me. And I had ne I had, I can't tell you, I've even ever thought about it since the incident. And he brought it up and I just bawled and bawled and bawled. 
I kid you not, I was free from that Mm. obsessive thought, that insecurity just went away. And I realized I needed to deal with that. I needed to deal with the pain that was there that I didn't even know about. God needed to let me feel it and let it pass through me. And now it's gone. And so Mm. sometimes it's something that's happened to you or over and over that's happened to you that you've accepted and believed about yourself. That's such a lie that no one's going to solve it except if you go and just be still with the Lord, it will be miraculous of what you can discover about yourself and release. Yeah. Uh, My last thing that I would like to add that I thought about too is also if it helps and you have that, that person in your life, that friend um, that can help hold you accountable, that you can honestly and vulnerably share, man, I'm really struggling today. I was at the gym and oh, this is what was going through my mind. And I would love to have you just pray with me and pray for me and help hold me accountable to this and ask me about it. Um, you know, I think that's such a beautiful thing too. If we, if we have people we can invite in, I mean, again, it goes back to how beautiful would it be is if as women, we just invited others in into that vulnerability and and we walked it out together, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. And I was just going to say when you were talking, Carrie, about uh, being still with the Lord, I think another tool, like what you're saying too, Carla, is 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 having community, having the right community, the mm-hmm. right people, the right women, I think is key. And even just talking to you two today like this and being real and being vulnerable that it's 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 a release and it is sort of like this okay that's out there and and it's so helpful i think in growth and in the pruning process and the refining process Mm so um yeah thank you to both of you for such great advice and tools and yeah i will say that i'm past the age where i care about uh 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 being right or needing to feel like my, my, like a, what's the right words? Uh, you know, where you're just like, Oh, I look, I look stupid or whatever. I'm like, I don't care anymore about looking stupid. Like it is what it is. I, I feel like being just honest with myself and with other people, I think is a more endearing quality. People people want that. That's what they're looking for. Laugh at yourself, you know, just, yeah, yeah, Yeah. just laugh at yourself. Dance goofy. If you want to dance goofy, it, it doesn't matter. And the, I wanted to mention that book because I've talked about it before at the monthly women's group I do, but because it had such an impact on me, but it's called Find Your People with Jenny Allen. And April, Mm. as you were talking about, and Carrie chimed in too on it, you don't just open up to anybody. Not everybody is meant to be in your safe circle. And that's one of the things this book, I I earmarked and highlighted so much. She shares a lot about that and what that truly looks like having, you know, your people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, that that book had a lot of impact for me. Important thing that I need to say about that is (laughs) please pick if there's people in your life that are acting that way and feeding that insecurity of yours, it's okay to let them go. Ironically, there's not, (laughs) there's not, there's not, if anything, I have the opposite problem. I've told you this, Carrie, that I have the opposite problem of finding community and people here. Yeah. Um, No, no, none of them are. I'm Uh, not talking to you. I'm not talking to you, but like anyone else that's listening, like if, if there are people around you that are living this fake 
yes. world lifestyle and and you're not feeling that that's giving you much, then it's okay to let, to them, let them go. go. You mm -hmm. won't be alone because I've also come to realize that once you start changing that about you, you'll start to see that the right people will start being coming right. in to your right. life attracted to that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was just going to say, unfortunately, um, this journey I've been on over the last year, it's like God's brought me back full circle to my Texas people, which is so interesting. And, you know, and so I've talked to Michael about that. I'm like, so what's that about? I mean, you know, I'm like the community, the greatest, the best women I have in my life right now, I'll live in Texas. Like, are we supposed to move back to Texas? Like, what's that about? Yes, and, and you are. I, yeah. Is your house I, for sale yet? No, no. <laughs> you know what, April? I think what that is about too, the piece of it is the age, the wisdom, mm. the things that, you know, it, when you and I have talked, it's letting go of things that happened before that when you look back, you're like, who was that? And what was that? You right. know, it yeah. was, yeah. it's just so silly. And, and so I think it's just growth and it's just growth in the Lord. And it's just realizing again, what is important and what's mm -hmm. not. And mm -hmm. I think for you, um, and I'm not speaking for you, um, it's kind of my own journey too, is God is leading me to the people that he wants in my life. Um, and that's, Re that's regardless how I think him. Carrie and I reconnected yeah. again too, you know? And I love that Carla. And that's, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's what I've come to the conclusion of too, is that because there's outside of just this topic and there's so many things that I've, God's been doing in me in the last three, four years, uh, that I think is evident. He's bringing certain like-minded people, Carrie, uh, Christy Bohart, yourself now, you know, which was the cool, one of the coolest things that's probably happened to me this year is having you be brought back into my life. And, and I, I don't think it has to do with location. I, yeah. I, I just, I think that's the other thing is like, we don't have to sit here and what a beautiful thing that we have today is the ability to have relationship and, and, and conversation like this spanning mm -hmm. thousands of miles, but we can have this kind of connection and be able to yeah. have uh, see yeah. each other face to face and all that. So it's yeah. so cool. Agreed. It's so cool. It so I love it, it. And, and, and then maybe it's too, I mean, because y'all, I do have history with, with you guys from Texas. So maybe the, maybe the, the, the goal would be, okay, you, you reconnect in these similar ways with these women. And then maybe God will bring more of these kinds of women to you you know, there within your community. Uh, I've let go of having any expectation. Um, I'm tr trying really hard to just learn the contentment of where I'm at right now. And then mm -hmm. asking God who he wants to be for me in this season and, 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 and try to, you know, key into that and walk in that and be okay in that uncomfortability, whatever that is, not, not over analyze it or try to put too much expectation on it, you know, yeah. or, or find the answer. So anyway, yeah. this is really good. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming and being with us today. And we're definitely having both of you back again, because this is too good. And we're going to pick another topic and get after it. Let's so y'all awesome. have an Thank awesome you. day. Love you. Love you. Bye. Yeah.